Can you name a city that hosted a game at the 2002 World Cup? Should we say Tokyo? Out straight away. Whoa! What? Oh, what are the greatest answers of all time? OTB AM. Live, weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Johnny, how are you getting on? Morning, up. We've got Nathan on the line as well and also uh, Colin Boyle, as I've mentioned, joins us on Skype. Colin, good morning. How are you keeping? How are you, lads? How are things? So the big talking point, I guess, when it comes to Mayo and the aftermath of the weekend that was, was James Horn stepping away. Did you get the feeling coming out of Croke Park on Sunday that this was the end of an era? Yeah, I, I think so. On I, I just sense that even after the Kildare game, I, I listened to his interview. I actually watched it back a, a couple of times. I got that sense from him that he he just sounded a lot different than 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 a normal self. He sounded actually quite emotional after that, that game, and I, I think it was the fact that he, twenty minutes ago, I think he he might have thought this is it. This is how my Mayo um, career as such is ending for him and obviously he mentioned then how, how proud he was of the team on, on numerous occasions and, and that's not something you normally hear James Horn say a lot in interviews so I definitely got the sense that day that you know this was this was the this was the end for him or this was his last year should I say and uh, you know the fact that he went so quick after the Kerry game and I think I think what, what would have happened there he would have told his team after the game and maybe close family members and whatnot and then obviously gets a release to the media the next day which I think was the good way a good way to do it means it doesn't linger on for the next couple of weeks and obviously as you said an end of an era certainly for for James Horn and and um and and that current and that you know that current Mayo team, but I think now you know we have to look into the things move on where there's players and management, and you have to the new era now begins. So the second stint for James Horan was all about trying to build on what happened in between his two periods, just to try and get Mayo over the line. But the first stint, his, his first arrival, some people kind of forget that his job was to get Mayo back to the top table, to get Mayo back to being contenders again on an All-Ireland level. So what, what do you remember about, I guess, those, those early days and, and James Horan coming in and the changes that he made immediately in his first stint? Yeah, well, I suppose the first thing was to recognise that the turmoil that was Mayo football was kind of in, and I know Nathan is there; he'll remember it well. Like 2010 was a was a hugely controversial year in, in Mayo football history. Really, got beaten by Sligo, really quite convincingly in, in the in the Connacht Championship, and then go to go to Pierce Park and Lanford and and get beaten there as well. And that team came in for huge, huge criticism as as did John O'Mahony at the time, and. Um, James came in and look at I, I wasn't there in 2011 um, but you know what, all I can say is I, I, I got dropped off the panel in 2009 I came back in at the end of 2011 and there was just a complete uh, mindset change it was, it was a completely different environment than what I'd left two years ago and that he'd set a new culture he'd He'd set a new standards where everyone was, was driving to improve and, and striving to improve and, and not just to improve yourself, but to, to improve each other. And we were we were coming very critical of each other's games and, and looking, you know, to pick holes in each other's games and, and how we could all improve. And it was very much a case that it was all about the team. And if, if it, wa- it wasn't all about the team for you, then um, you weren't for the team. Um, so And that was his mindset and that was his culture. And he just drove a, a belief into us that, if we did the work he was asking us to do and constantly look for improvement, then we could compete with anyone in our day. What did that look like in 
your return upon your return when you go back in there and you mentioned the the whole culture shift is it just some of the stuff that he's saying is it is it the, the training is it is it, like what is it exactly that makes you think for the first time right okay this guy's trying to do something different here and, and things are a little bit different here well, even straight away from from his first year involved, he would have had a lot of local guys with him and, and local trainers. But then he he t- kind of thinks right to really step things up here and move things on to the next level. I might need to seek a bit of outside help, and he goes and get Keen O'Neill, um, who had obviously huge experience and was going very well at the time with the Tip Hurlers, and brought him in as a coach. And all of a sudden, things started to to really lift off and take off from there. But it was like I said to you, it was more of a case that just showing us the way basically showing us what we needed to do uh, to compete and and not taking not taking uh, really poor standards as as a, as a given or something that was acceptable should should we say and uh, it was it was a case that call, calling lads out on it if lads really weren't doing their stuff he was calling them out on it and, and he was a, he was in you know allowing the culture where where lads were calling each other out on as well if something wasn't good enough it it was being said What's it like, Colin, being being the Mayo manager, essentially, the Mayo man as well? What's it like in terms of the pressure, the pressure internally in the county and um, just how, how much of a, a narrative it is like from across the year, really, January to December, to be to be doing a good job and to be uh, getting the best out of them? Yeah, Johnny, it's, it, look, it is, and I'm sure it's hugely, you know, it had to have taken its toll on them, just the mental strain that's there every day. And I'm moving forward into the last four years, but the, the last two years of, of managing a senior inter-county team with COVID restrictions and lockdowns, like that must have been hugely, hugely challenging. And that, that would take its toll on anyone. And then you throw into the, the fact that you get to two All-Ireland finals in that as well. You know, um, that certainly would have taken its toll. And, you know, last year, that final lose, lost to Tyrone like James came in for huge criticism as, as did the team um, but probably James more so and I think so much w- w- was unwarranted and personalised um, as well like yeah yeah and it was really yeah, some of it was nasty some of it was really really disappointing to see but I, I think the genuine Mayo supporter now uh, when they reflect on James's con- contribution to Mayo football both as a player and, and as a manager and let's not forget he was, a, he was an outstanding player for Mayo as well I, t- I think they were really um, appreciative of it um, and really grateful for, for his service to Mayo football and like I suppose when you think back over the last 10 years of Mayo teams competing regularly at Crow Park and, and latter, fi- latter stages of the latter final like he started that and obviously it continued with, with Noel Kennelly and, and Pat Holmes and, and Stephen Rochford of course and, and, and with James again when he comes back in but there's an awful lot of people like I'll take for example the Mayo Minor team that are in the All Ireland final this year. That's all. That's all they know. They just regularly have seen Mayo competing at the latter stages of the championship, which wasn't always the case. And and James to me started all that whole process. So I think I think as a county we we have a huge huge amount of um of of respect for him, and we should have a, hu- a huge amount of gratitude for him. At what point then do you start to think that? you will get over the line when he comes back in. I, I assume that's how you felt actually uh, first off, that when he comes back for his second stint that, that you start to think this is going to happen this time, that there's a, an even better version of, of Horn that's coming back to try and get us to the promised land. Yeah, look at that with Glenn, certainly. Um, and look at it started you know, very well. We, we obviously won the league that year and we're, we're building and got a, got a couple of, one or two new lads into the into the team. Um. 
then suffered that defeat to Dublin in the semi-final. And I think James, I think James's kind of mindset changed after that. I think he realised that to compete with Dublin in Crow Park, he needed maybe to get more athleticism into the team and more runners into the team to just be able to physically compete with them uh, for 70 plus minutes and, and to try and build a bigger squad. And I think you, you've seen that over, say, 2020 and 2021, the amount of newer, younger players, more athletic players that, that, he, that he brought in and our, our style of uh, play probably changed slightly um, through that and the fact that we ran the ball an awful a lot more because of naturally because of the, the the players we had and the runners we had especially from deep so that would have been one slight change um, I would say from definitely from, from 2019 um, just in regards of with the sole focus of maybe the latter stages of the championship and probably Dublin in particular and it does actually culminate then in the win last year. Like, uh, to, to what extent was that sort of, I guess, the icing and the cake of a Horn plan that, that had been set out from the end of 2019? Did, did you feel that some of the things that he was trying to instill in the team as a res- after the Dublin defeat in 2019 actually came to fruition and had actually been fixed that night last year in that All-Ireland semi-final? Yeah, well, I suppose you mentioned it there. If you, if you go back to that game, what won us that game was, look, we came back very late into it. So, you know, there's, there's no doubt about it. But I'd say, especially next time, it was probably our legs that won it. And the likes of Tommy Conroy and, you know, Rhino Dunu and, and, and Oshin Mullins wasn't playing that day and uh, Owen McLaughlin before he went off. But the likes of these guys just giving us that extra energy that maybe we didn't have in the previous years and, and driving us on. And obviously Dublin were obviously pushing on a small bit more as well in their in their in their terms but um definitely it would have been I think that would have been the plan for James that he needs to do that after twenty nineteen. He needs to get fresh and your legs into the team to to give us that bit more energy um with, uh, like I said with Dublin in mind. That, that like that was such a seminal game, that Dublin game and just like I I'll never forget the the atmosphere and the hunting down of Dublin to the point of submission in the end and it just seems incredibly flat column that it's gone from that to this. Like I I mean we were talking last week and I was saying God Mayo four to one to win any game at Crow Park, but like they were just so like it was such a tame exit. Like it, it almost seemed like an unfortunately um kind of forgettable end to his reign because like it shouldn't really be defined by that, I suppose. And that running game that you spoke about, I know there were injuries, but just it almost seemed to have just completely plateaued. Yeah, I hundred percent agree with you there, Johnny. I don't think he deserved to go out and look the lads of course gave it everything, but it just ended in a small bit of a whimper that performance and it, it to me it, it just it didn't go out in a typical you know, dived your boots on James Horn. what a James Horn team looks like performance, you know, and you have to give Kerry a, a lot of praise in that too. But the funny thing actually about yesterday's game is if you, you know, with on 50 minutes on the clock, if you're James Horn the night before that game, you're pro- that's pretty much how you probably would have planned it. You know, you're Kerry, if Kerry slightly rattles, they're not playing well. The momentum seems to be with your team and you're getting loads of scoring opportunities, but and you're obviously within striking distance of them, a point or two behind, but you can't convert your chances, and obviously there's only so long you're going to get away against that, against Kerry, and once David Moore kicks their score to put them two, two up, they, they just kick on from there. But I think you're right, Johnny, there was, look, there was a number of factors. There was a huge hangover from the All-Ireland last year. I don't think, I don't think we can hide behind that. There was, there certainly was in the county with supporters, um, Credit to the players, the start of the National League, they came back and they're firing, going really well. I think there were, they, there's a there's a draw in there in the first game, but they, against Donegal, but they, they they win the first three or four games after the next three or four games after that, and um, 
then the injury started, just all started again with Tommy Conroy. And from there, things just started to go downhill. And once you lose a couple of crucial players like that, um, you know, just the whole morale of the squad, you know, the belief maybe and the confidence. And that's the one thing that really struck me from from watching the team. It looked devoid of confidence. And sometimes when, when you just take too many blows like Mayo have had with injuries, certainly Ryan O'Donoghue, I mentioned this on Sunday, like if, if, if Kerry are missing Sean O'Shea and David Clifford or if Dublin are missing Conor Callan or, or Keir Kikini, then they look very different teams. And for Mayo, the two of the best forwards in the championship last year were Ryan O'Donoghue and Tommy Conroy were missing them both and were relying then on Killing coming in who was little to no football played all year, little to no football played all year after a very serious injury to try to try and come back flying, which was, you know, he done unbelievably well to do as well as he did, but it was never going to be that case. I, I expect him to be an awful lot better next year. But, you know, so many things factored into what was, when you look back now, a, a really, really disappointing year with the the flash performance against Galway and two unconvincing win in the qualifiers. And, and Johnny, as you said, then to go out with a small bit of a whimper against Kerry. I think James, you know, it was a sad way really for James to finish up. I think it's interesting, Johnny, how you talk about the pressure of being an internal manager in Mayo because he created that pressure himself. It wasn't there when he took over. As, as Colm touched upon, Mayo were a shambles in 2010. They were beaten by Longford. They were beaten by Sligo. It was what he did instantly that altered the perception of Mayo from, I think, hoping they might win in All-Ireland to at their peak over the last decade, Mayo people expecting that they would go and finally win that All-Ireland. And you look at the team that he created very quickly and Cullen being a key part of that, like some of Mayo's greatest ever players, if you're picking a Mayo all-time 15, probably half of them are from that generation, if not more. And Cullen, I'm just wondering on that sort of man management that he has, because, you know, we look now at Keith Higgins and Andy Moore and as, you know, some of Mayo's greatest of all time, but those guys were 25, 26 when Horan came in. Like, you know, they were very good players, but hadn't gone to that next level. How, and you had been you know, as you say, dropped from the squad, how he brought very good players to, to greatness on a sort of one-to-one level. Yeah, that's that's a very good point, Nathan, because he did. He, he changed the careers and the path of so many Mayo players, like even like the likes of Alan Dillon and that. and So, so many players, when you go through it, um, literally just changed their careers by coming in and basically just changing the mindset, but giving, giving us the confidence. And he, what he was very happy to do is to to let players take lead and stuff. So once he, he trusted lads, he, he, you know, he got a sense that things were moving and he trusted lads really to take on from there. And he was very happy to watch on in the background and see, see what lads were doing. But, you know, probably the best confidence, I could, or sorry, compliment I, I could give James and, um, it might be a bit of a funny one, but you, you would just absolutely run through a brick wall for him, you know. And it's, that sometimes for a manager, that can be a difficult thing to to get your players into that mindset for for far. And if you if you didn't deliver the performance, or if you came in and you and you lost the game, you really felt like you'd let him down, you know. And that that's kind of how you how you felt about about it. Um, but that you know, that he was so strong in so many aspects of his game and. You know, people people will give out about certain certain things, and, and like I said, I go back to the All, All Ireland final defeats. But James, as a manager, got a, a hell of a lot right, and an awful lot more right than he got wrong. And sometimes that that's all you can ask in a in a manager. So I was just going to ask you about the outside influence and maybe the difference between his two spells in charge, because 
you know, the last four years, if you were to take the second half against Dublin out of it, I think a lot of people would have serious question marks about big parts of it. And something that was missing was that outside influence, like Keen O'Neill, Donny Buckley, what they seem to bring. I'm just wondering why and if the, if you have any sense of why he didn't have that out, outside influence over the last few years. Yeah, it was certainly a, a change in mindset from James because like, he had Keane in 2012 and then he moved on to Donny Buckley for 13 and 14 and Donny obviously stayed on after that, after James. Yeah, I think James, when he when he came back, he he, he just had it in his head that he wanted it to be a male, a male setup and that that's that's what he did and that's what he stuck to through his his term um whether whether it was right or wrong but what what all I can say about about the team that he had there during my time they were absolutely brilliant and they like the likes of James Burke comes in who I would have played with people with like mount he developed on in, in his four five three or four years there it was unbelievable and he turned into a, a top top class coach um, so look, it is interesting. Obviously, brings Kieran McDonald in after after a year as well, and Kieran added hugely to the setup as well with all his, all his knowledge and and training methods. Um, but it is an interesting one. It's one I can't, I suppose, answer. I don't know why he didn't he didn't go to look for look to the outside. But all I can say is the boys that were in there were absolutely brilliant. Who do you want to see get the job, Colin? Uh, look at this loads of names been thrown about at the minute um, it, it's a funny one I can feel a mayor we're going to stick internal I'd be, despri- I'd be surprised if we see an outside man I know the likes of Jim McGuinness's name and, and Fitzmaurice's and Malachi O'Rourke's have been thrown about here at the minute but I, I'd be surprised if we do see an outside man I think it's going to be someone from inside the county you know obviously People are talking about Andy. I don't think it's fair to fair to talk about that at the minute when he's managing another county and, and Michael Solon that's with him as well would have been hugely successful under underage with Mayo. Um so them two would probably probably come together. But like I said, they're with Leitrim. Um after that then look at I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen Rochford wants to be manager in Mayo again. He's a he's an extremely young man. Um, he gone away to Donegal. Um, I'm not sure what what his story is there. We're continuing on next year, but I I wouldn't be surprised if Stephen, you know, was meant to go back or wanted to go back. But it, you know, he might wait for for another term. And then the the likes of Ray Dempsey was obviously one of the last couple of county titles with with Knockmore as well. And Mar Sheridan was may, maybe managed the under twenties in the in the last couple of years. But um, like I said, I have a feeling it will be it will be staying inside the county. Is it's funny like to to even talk about this really considering how binary it is like success how do you define success um, Mayo did not win All Ireland in either of his terms will his will his time as Mayo manager be deemed a success or a failure Yeah, it's a very good question, Johnny. Yeah, I suppose it depends what you what you define success as. As you said, um, I I would I would say you'd have to look at as being successful. And Mm. I know an awful lot of people will be shouting down their you know their phones and the radios saying how how can it be successful if you didn't win the All Ireland? But I go back to what Nathan just said there about where he brought the Mayo team from, and to be constantly competing at at the highest level um, for up to ten years or so. And what the, what Mayo players need to do now going forward, for both for next year and in the years after that, is to keep to that level and to be constantly competing because the standards are set now, and you can't we can't um, afford to go to a place where we aren't competing at the latter stage of the championship. Absolutely, every single year. So that's that's what we need to do now as a county, and that's what the team needs to do to constantly look to improve, to drive on, and to always be knocking at the door at the, at the latter stage of the championship. And I think that's something. 
that James um, obviously has started. So look at I I I'd, I'd look at it as a very successful term. Um, I think about six kind of titles in a, a national league, and like I said, always challenging um, at the latter latter stages of the championship. Just finally, for me, it's probably not a not a bad prospect now, or not a bad time for the incumbent in terms of you know they're at a little bit of a low. Expectations have been dampened a little bit, um, uh, as opposed to maybe taking over twelve months ago. Yeah, quite possibly so. But look, there is a lot of doom and gloom at the minute out there in Mayo. But I and I've, I've read some some national media stuff over the last couple of days, and I know that like Mark O'Shea read yesterday has completely written Mayo off, saying that you know their their time is done. But I I wouldn't look at it that way. Look at it, if I was the new manager uh, coming into Mayo, I the first thing I'd be doing is picking up the phone to the older guys, the likes of the Lee Keans and Aidan O'Shea's, and making sure they're they're getting on board for next year because they are they are vital vital cogs for the for the Mayo team but when you go through it after that then you know you're obviously hoping that the injured boys are back and you go through the team after that there is still the nucleus there of a, of a very very good team that can compete with certain the four teams that's there in the All-Ireland um, stages this year so uh, that's the way I'd be looking uh, looking at it I think there's a there's a nucleus there for a very very good team if the if the new man comes in you know like I said first key port call get on to the, the, the older lads make sure they're back on board for next year and look to look to drive on from there and like you said it could be a case that a, a new voice is exactly what the lads need um, to push on and give them a bit of fresh energy to look look to go again next year Colin Boyle great stuff as ever thanks a million for joining us this morning thanks a million lads OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.